0: i tell you what, we're going to jump in and continue in our series on Upgrade. And uh, today we're talking about Upgraded, and we're talking about the fact that we are world changers. And uh, I want you to say that with me. Say, I am, I am a world changer. world changer. Say, we are, we are world, changers. world changers. I want you to know the greater one of God lives on the inside of you. When you begin to realize that, you realize you're on this earth to make a difference. And the good news is that he does great things through you. Now, I'm excited today. Uh, because, you know, I'm, we're going to be share- You know, Jesus, when he taught, he taught in parables. And today, uh, I'm going to share... We're going to share a parable with you. And this is a powerful pa- parable. A powerful parable, however you say that. Powerful parable. Uh, and especially if you're a sports fan. Now, even if you're not a sports fan, you will still really get so much out of this because uh, it ties in so much to our lives. I'm very excited to say that... Uh, Today we have a special guest, I'm not gonna introduce him yet, uh, but we have a special guest, and, uh, and he was very instrumental in what happened in the football world uh, exactly four weeks ago to the day. And uh, it was exactly four weeks from today. So uh, first of all, before we introduce him, uh, I want you to see this quick clip.
1: The Denver Broncos are world champions. They have just won Super Bowl 50. And the Lombardi Trophy is coming home to the Mile High City. Final
0: score in Super Bowl 50 from Levi Stadium here in Santa Clara. Denver 24. Carolina 10. Woo! Let's hear it. (laughs) By the way, this is Britton Colquitt. He's the punter and holder for the Denver Broncos. Britton has, has been their punter now for six years. Uh, he and Nicky uh, have attended this church for about two and a half years now. And, uh, you know, we, we just gotten to know them. They're awesome people. Uh, but he's also an awesome punter, too, as you know. And uh, had a lot to do with that Super Bowl victory. So, uh, first of all, uh, before we, we start, though, uh, a lot of you have been wondering whether Peyton Manning is going to retire or not. And some of the, the news has leaked out, but uh, I thought I'd let... Uh, I'd let Britton, tell you what, what the story is here. So,
1: uh, of course I know because um, he calls me before he goes to bed at night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even know. You know. I, I, I don't, oh, you don't know. Oh, you don't know? No. Oh, yeah, he actually,
0: he's, he's retiring. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, he's retiring. And I, I'll tell you, you can't go out any better than that to go out on top after 18 years in the NFL. So, so we all are blessed. And he's going to have a news conference tomorrow that uh, you'll be able to catch. I'm sure there'll be a lot of tears, uh, but also... What a smart move. Do you know that John Elway is the only other quarterback that went out on top? And now Peyton Manning follows suit. And guess what? They're both Broncos. Isn't that awesome? So good. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, ask Britton some questions this morning. And I think you're going to learn a lot. Now, remember, this is a parable. I think you're going to learn a lot because what he's going to be sharing ties into the body of Christ as well. Uh, but first of all, uh, in 2014... Uh, which is a memory you'd probably not like to remember, but the Broncos <laughs> went to New York and played the Seattle Seahawks uh, in the Super Bowl. And many of you, many of you remember the outcome of that. Uh, the Broncos lost 43 to eight. It was a very, very sad game. And uh, my question to you is, uh, first of all, uh, what did you go through and what did you and the team learn from that difficult, very, very difficult experience?
1: Um, it was really hard, you know, the whole week leading up, you just can't believe you're there, you're in the biggest media outlet in the world, and uh, you're pretty terrified, and then all of a sudden, seven seconds into the game, somebody's telling me that I have to go out on the field and punt, and I thought you only punted the ball when you had the ball. Um, <laughs> the ball went through our end zone, you know, so we had a punt after a safety. So. Um, it was crazy, you know, it's, uh, and then it went downhill from there. So, uh, major disappointment, you know. We, um, I, I just don't think everybody was ready. We didn't have, the, you know, what we had this year. Uh, I think that was obvious to everybody, and we'll get into that more. But, you know, it's, we realized how hard it is to get there. It's, it's virtually impossible, and, and then when you lose it, you think, man, it's impossible to win it. How can you win it? So, it just says something about what happened this year. So Yeah.
0: Well, this year was an amazing year, as you guys all know. I mean, the Broncos won so many games they could have lost. I mean, it was just every game was so tense. And uh, I know you had one of your key prayer warriors that you might want yes. to mention. If, if it wasn't for her, I don't think the Broncos would have made it, to be honest.
1: Yes. So uh, my wife, Nikki, is here with um, our third child. Stand up, stand up, stand up. All right, Nikki. <laughs> and of course, just like always, the, you know, the child is sleeping the whole time that that nothing's going on, but right when we start, she starts crying, and it's got to be nursed. So. Yeah. Sorry. I know. That's I, okay. She's got a blanket. We're all good. Um, I always do something, say something dumb. So. But yeah. she, if I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her, you know, not just because we're married, but because every day, you know, she so she literally wakes me up.
0: And she's an awesome prayer warrior, you know. Well, it's good she wakes you up. But, yeah. you know, well, I, our son does. Uh-huh.
1: He tells me it's daylight out, but anyway, wait- like, it's 6 a.m. It's not daylight.
0: They have three children under four years, so you can uh, imagine—you can imagine that's quite a (laughs) quite quite an amazing thing. Yes, football is the peaceful part of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, I want to ask you a question. That uh, you know, I guess when you look at the Broncos season, I know there's things that we as spectators really don't know. You know, we hear, you know, we see the stats and we see the close games and all that, but can you share maybe a couple of keys that really got you guys to become, uh, world champions?
1: Yeah, so I think, uh, two really important keys were culture and kind of calling that family and then faith. And, uh, with culture, you know, when Kubiak first got got hired, I shouldn't say, (laughs) I I shouldn't mess that one up. When he first got hired, um, he called everybody, you know, and if you didn't answer, he left you a voicemail. And, uh, that's just something not every coach does. And, uh, you know, I love Coach Fox. We had a close relationship. But, you know, Coob, uh, he was a little different. But that was just, that kind of started it off right. And uh, I think I, I was telling you about it. I think he, he told the team about this. He called Aqib Tlaib. And he's, like, on a cruise somewhere. And he's like, hello? And this, he's like, this is Gary Kube." And he's like, who? <laughs> Dude, I had <have> no idea. <laughs> That's a true story. Nikki doesn't even know that. She loves that. If Nikki could be a fly on the wall in our locker room, that would be her next life. That's good. She just, I mean. But, uh, yeah, so that was, you know, how he started it, you know, and then, um, uh, Wade, you know, Wade Phillips, he's like a father in the locker room. He's loves us specialists. Cause everybody's in meetings and we're just kind of burning time. Nikki hates this cause she's at home with the kids, but we're in this, you know, sauna or whatever we have to do before practice. But, uh, Wade, you know, goes out of his way to hang out with us and it's a true family thing, you know, and, um, you know, Peyton, we talked about him, um, texting everybody in the spring so every spring he texts everybody and he's done that every year but this year it just seemed different you know everybody on the team you get the same text but it's very personal you know very um to the heart you know and it kind of gets us on the uh, on, on the right start and there's there's dinners during the year that that most teams do this and they might do one offensive dinner one defensive dinner and a special teams dinner. we usually get left out Unless we uh, invite ourselves. So where are you guys going? Oh, yeah, we were, we were going to be there. We're, yeah. Um, and then we're just like, can we, you know. but uh, So this year, it was kind of special. Uh, offense and defense, and if we wanted to go, did it every week, which is extremely rare. And usually, you know, players pay. Hopefully, you know, Peyton somebody like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He just tells them, hey, put it on He can afford it. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) But this year or so, the Broncos paid for it, um, which is unheard of. Now, um, the Broncos are an incredible organization. Before I toot their horn too much, they paid for it because these were all fines. The money was collaborated from fines that our team received last year, and it was over $300,000 worth of fines. (laughs) And that's not the fines you see in the game where somebody helmet to helmet, that goes to the NFL and they distribute it to, to charities and things like that. This was being late to meeting and things like that. And uh, $300,000 worth. I understand. Now, I, I didn't mention this in the last
0: service, but I heard that Von Miller really was a high contributor to a lot of those fines.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he was. It's odd how most of the defense is the biggest contributors to those fines. Yeah. And look, <laughs> let me just say, if you
0: release gas in the, in the, in the meeting, you're fine. And, uh, <laughs> and Von Miller had a lot of energy. Anyway, that's why he played so well in the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, so they used that fine money to the Broncos. Paper. They wanted things to go towards us, towards us becoming a family, um, towards us getting better any way we could. There was, you know, things that we could get to take home to help our bodies rejuvenate, things like that. So it's just a true family. And the, and the organization, we met a couple of people this weekend. We were down in the Colorado Springs, and there was a professional athletes outreach and ex-players from the Broncos were saying, dude, you don't know how good you have it. You know, enjoy it. They take care of you. We are in here eating the same thing every day, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but in the NFL, you'd think a lot of owners would kind of take care of everybody, but they just don't, you know, like the Broncos do. So they really take care of us, and, and that's one of the reasons we're a true family.
0: You know, uh, I just want to pick up on this because the family culture that was created this year was, was so powerful. And, you know, uh, Because this is church and this is not ESPN, uh, I want to make sure this is a legal legal service. So I want to refer you to Acts chapter 2. And when you look at Acts chapter 2, you'll notice in Acts chapter 2 that right after the day of Pentecost, they began to meet in homes. They'd break bread together. They'd eat together. They'd share their lives together. And literally, they changed the world and turned it upside down for Jesus Christ through close family community. And I want you to know God's called us to do that, folks. He's called us to be close, to care for each other, to lift up each other, uh, you know, to really, really reach out. And I know one of the things that Britton shared with me, and I'll, I'll have him talk about this, was how oftentimes the offense and the defense really don't get along. Just, just mention that and how that, that whole culture changed.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, in practice, they just hate each other because in, in, in training camp and stuff, there's no other team you're going against. So it's offense against defense and guys are trying to make the team. Guys know they're on the team, so they don't like it when guys that are trying to make the team are going really hard, making them look bad. Uh, <laughs> so there's fights, and sometimes those take it into the locker room. So a lot of times when you get into the season, it kind of just carries over. You know, there's an angry bunch over here, and then there's a nervous bunch over here, and they're, they're not a team, you know? And then there's us in the middle that are just like, don't mess up, don't mess up. And try to <laughs> um, but this, this team was totally different. You know, there were situations where, if if we if the offense turned the ball over deep in our own territory, a lot of times defense would be like, come on, man. These guys were out there. They were pumped. They're almost like, hey, we got you, Peyton. We're there. Uh, and then they showed it, you know. And, and then the same thing, if the offense couldn't get a first down, you know, they they depended on us as special teams, and they believed in us. And it was and then the defense said, hey, we're, you're going to put us in a good position to where we can make a play next. So, I mean, it's something that is very unheard of, I think, in any, any team I've been on until now. So that's a that was a huge thing this year. Yeah, and I think that – carries right over
0: to the church, guys. You know, when somebody's not doing well, we need to be there to pick them up, just like the offense would pick up the defense, the defense would pick up the offense. You know, it's like we got to pick each other up, because we're all in a family, and the scripture actually says in 1 Corinthians 12 that when one suffers, we all do. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And so that whole family culture is so important. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's family. Uh, God kind of, he set that, the, the, the template, and so we're called to that. And, and what Britton shared is that family culture had a lot to do with the fact that when they go out in the field, they were, they were like, protecting each other. They were, they were motivated to do well because they loved each other. And I think that's awesome. And, and what would be another key, would you say?
1: So faith, and uh, not only faith in ourselves because this team really had faith in every, uh, every player, every coach, everybody in the organization. Um, but, but there was a special faith in God that, that most professional sports teams don't have you know there might be a small little group that does and then they try to you know reach out but this was almost like the majority and then there were only a few guys that maybe weren't as participatory but um which is an amazing thing especially in, in you know the echelon of these guys you know um but we had a thing that we would do where we would pray before the game in the showers and um uh, you might want to clarify yeah, that that, um, that image <laughs> <laughs> we're we're already we've already done our real shower. This is um we've already done the warm up. We're in our shoulder pads, and everything. We're ready to play. It's about 20 minutes before the game after you come in from pregame and somebody says prayer in the showers. So, you know, in the past there'd be, you know, 10, 15 guys head in there, say a little prayer, you know, get each other motivated and then go back out and then you say the Lord's prayer. It's kind of the whole NFL does that as a team. It's kind of just been probably yeah, yeah, be the Lord's fair right um, but it was maybe five or six guys that didn't go into that shower wow. and uh, and just something about being in elements like that especially at you know stadiums somewhere else where they're really small no offense Dustin Kansas City um, <laughs> that's his brother he kicks yeah, for Kansas yeah. City <laughs> our, our our away locker room at our stadium is better than any wow. home team locker room wow. that I've ever seen wow. so uh, they, they take care of the guys yeah. but um, But so, you know, the massage guys and the team chaplain are handing out towels for us to put our knee on to get on our knees and hold hands and pray. And, I mean, it's super powerful. It almost turned into a church service. There were times where we were getting into the Lord's prayer time, and you know the coaches are out there like, come on, guys. like, you know, but (laughs) there's guys just preaching in there, and it's it's just, it was powerful. You know, I had the privilege to pray a couple times, but like I told you earlier, I'm, you know, kind of scared because this is my chance to maybe, you know, God talk through me, but motivate some of these guys. But who am I to motivate a 300-pound guy? You know, like, <laughs> God, give us strength. And they're like, you don't need strength. Like, <laughs> you're not even going to sweat. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> but so the majority of the time, somebody of larger stature would take the reins. And I mean, it really you know became awesome. And, and guys got involved. And I mean, it, it was really moving. And it spread throughout the team. And it really brought faith, not only in ourselves, but guys really relied on God. And and there was a meshing between God and our job, which is, is, is not always the case. Yeah.
0: And, you know, that needs to happen for us folks in the church. We, we need to not just, well, we just need to not see church as where we have faith and then head out during the week and just do our jobs. God wants to walk with us. And so when they get together in the shower, they take that out into the field. And that's what we got to do. You know, uh, one of the things, too, that I want to ask you is, um, you know, I know a lot of people separate, they kind of separate God and faith from their life of what they do. How did you bring God, you know, into the playing field, into your life? You know, how, how, how did you do that personally?
1: You know, this is a struggle uh, for me, and I see how it's a struggle for a lot of guys. Um, but uh, I certainly didn't do it in college. You know, I think I was probably the pray before and pray after, you know, whether it's thankfulness or, you know, I guess you didn't show up, or I didn't, whatever. (laughs) Um, But when I was in college, I went to a retreat. Um, It was actually in Fort Collins before I knew I'd be here in this uh, lovely part of the country. Um, And it was a FCA event. And the the theme of the event was AO1, which is audience of one, is what it stands for. And I'd never heard anything like that before, because for me, it's really hard for me. Uh, This type of thing is hard for me, because I'm all about pleasing everybody. You know, Nikki will tell you if somebody comes to our door and knocks on the door, I'm probably buying it. Yeah. Please don't knock on the store. Though. Please. Please don't sell them Please. anything at their door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it happens a lot. So um, I just can't say no to people. So I, I'm very, when I'm in a stadium full of millions of people, or not millions, but thousands of people and then millions of people on TV, I'm... And then I'm thinking about Jr. I know what a big fan he is. I can't let him down. <laughs> I know he's going to talk about it next Sunday. So, or he is right now while I'm playing. So, um, I just—it's it, hard for me, you know—to—to—to to, to please everybody. And this was just a huge load off my back. This audience of one. Uh, theme. And, and what it means is that God is our, our only audience. He's the only one that matters because at the end, he's the only one that's going to let us in the gates of heaven. But it takes all the pressure off, you know, because he's not about performance. He's not about um, anything. He's not about if you won or if you shanked a punt or if you, or if you hit a great punt. You know, he's not about that me thing. He's about your heart. And so what I would try to do is just every game, I just get into a uh, a, a mindset and a spirit that, that, that God, I, I just ask him to fill me up and, and that he's my only audience. And, and when I do that, it just, it's just amazing the pressure that has just taken off of me, you know, because he, we're his kids and he loves us and he, just, he wants everything to happen great for us, you know, he wants our success.
0: That's a good word for all of us, you know. I think all of us need to think about that, you know, and what we do. It's not about our performance. It's really about our heart and him and allowing him to take part. I know you said that in the playoffs and especially in the Super Bowl, that you experienced a, a supernatural uh, anointing from God. Why don't you tell everybody what happened?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, I, and I don't know if it was the, the, the fact that I knew how much uh, my team relied on the punt unit um, and how much everybody wanted to win. I felt like, man, this, you know, offense hadn't been doing its thing. I got to give the defense a chance. So I was a big part. So I, there was a lot of fear in my heart, you know, leading up to the playoffs. And I actually found this the other night. This is how God works. You know, I wasn't even looking for it. That's how it That's works. Good. Yeah. And uh, I wrote in here punting uh, because, <laughs> because it related so much. But uh, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord, the Lord blesses them with peace. And the Lord keep, gives his people strength and bless them with peace.
0: What's the scripture? I'm
1: sorry. Psalm twenty nine eleven. Twenty nine
0: eleven. So
1: I was actually looking at another one that I had heard down at this uh, retreat. And then that one popped up. So oh. um, but you can't do things, especially things under pressure, but things with your family, things with your kids, if they're stressing you out, if you don't have peace. And um, I just felt God just truly gave me peace. You know, I, I did what I really try to do all the time, but committed the entire game. Sometimes it's right before I go out to the field or, or things like that. And then on the, on the bench, you can get kind of off and, and think about other things and distracted. I wanted every, every bit of the game, leading up to the game, the week before, everything. It's, it all should be his anyway, and you should be in constant communication with him anyway and I, I felt a peace there that I never had and in the Super Bowl um, you know they never show me they usually show me at the end of the swing or something because they're talking about some quarterback play I, you know you can at least it's only a five second play you can show four seconds of it you know but so you don't see me run on the field and I usually don't run on the field because I don't want to look nervous I want to look like I got it all together you know which I don't uh, so that time walking on the field when the team's booing and it or when the fans are booing the offense it feels like they're booing me uh I'm I, I, I kind of started doing this I didn't actually do this in the playoffs I did this in the Super Bowl but kind of testing the breeze you know was my thing just holding my hands out but it turned into one of those things that I almost felt like the breeze that I felt was the Spirit of God coming over wow. me. And it was cool. supernatural. It was amazing. And I just felt. That's cool. It just, I get out there, and you, know, you see the gold number 50, you know, with the big Super Bowl trophy, and it's like, you should be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it just felt good, you know. It felt good. And um, it felt like God was going to do it, and that's the thing. I just ask him. And then you black out. Uh <laughs> And then you see the ball in the air and you're just like, wow, you, you, I'm already pointing up, you know. Yeah. Like, that was you. I didn't even, even remember catching it. You know, I don't even know what I was supposed to do with it, you know. And, and, yeah. it, and, and he can do that. He does, his strength does that because it's, it's nothing that is, that is of you. And so it's all him. And, it, and that's how it felt, all game and all. You know, well, it was amazing.
0: Up. You know, for those of you that are not football fans, uh, it was really tricky what he had to do when he had to punt because he was punting to Ted Ginn Jr., who was, a speedster and had broken a lot of punts for, for long runs and even touchdowns. And so, but his kicks were so amazing because they would go right to the edge of the sidelines. So even if Ted Gez Jr. caught the ball, he had no place to run or the ball would just go out of bounds. So uh, I, I know God helped you oh, those. was I mean, that was, one of those,
1: it was, it looked like it was going right down the hash. And then it's like, God it was just like. He directed it. <laughs> he, Ted's still running. Yeah. I'm like, what? And he catches it out of bounds, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god! And then they called that one back.
0: Yeah, they, that's right. Yeah. And I'm like, that, yeah. that was the best part. Yeah, that was that was, but you know, your career. Yeah, yeah. But
1: then, but then the next punt went out of bounds too. I mean, yeah, it's it just did. like there's so no he way. he didn't get to run the next one. Right. Back it's just it was. That's he, right. They he did really, call that one back. He was amazing. So God was just. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Well, you know,
0: I think it's really important, guys, that we don't segment or segregate God, like just to the morning prayer, or like if you had a rough day, to prayer in the evening, but that we allow him to flow with us onto the field of our life, you know, from the moment we step out the door, from the moment we're back in the house, you know, as a father, as a mother, as a, you know, as a grandparent, as a, you know, as a friend, whatever you are, uh, businessman, businesswoman, you know, uh, teacher, whatever you might be, it's so important to let God go onto the field with you, whatever you do, because if you do, you're going to do so much a better job, and you're going to change the world when you do that. So I just got another question for you, though, here. Um, you know, the team faced a lot of adversity. I mean, Peyton went down, the star quarterback, the guy that had taken him there two years before. He went down in the middle of the season, and I think he was out for six or seven games, and they had to bring in a guy who had not been tested. He'd never played an NFL game. He'd never, you know, he had been in the preseason he'd played, but he'd never really uh, started or played, in, you know, an NFL game. And so all of a sudden, the team had a lot of adversity. I remember uh, DeMarcus Ware, who was one of the keys to the defense. He was having back problems. There were other guys that went out. Uh, so they faced a lot of adversity. How did they handle that adversity?
1: You know, it was, it kind of goes back to the uh, things we talked about, the culture, the family we had. We, we had a, a a true foundation. You know, it talks about, in the Bible, about, if your foundation's made of sand, then, you know, when the storms come, it's going to crumble. We, had, we were on the solid rock, you know, as, as football is. But we also had the true solid rock, you know, the majority of the team, which permeated through the team. So um, we truly had that. And so when, when, when Peyton went down, you know, Brock was there, and, and people believed in Brock. Brock wanted to help the team. Everybody was bought in. There was no selfishness. Uh, DeMarcus, I don't even, I almost don't remember him being hurt because he was so active on the sideline and during practice and everything, it was as if he was playing. Wow, you know. So um, cool. that guy's supernatural, but he also is a believer, so he has the supernatural. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he's great. But that's just how our team was. We just had that uh, that foundation, and um, it, it it really showed out, you know. And it kind of go back to the showers, the the prayer in the showers. One of the the big prayers that was brought up that multiple guys used. One of the uh, I'm sorry verses, and um, was. I'll say it. It's uh, Isaiah 41.10. And it's, uh, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And I think that verse alone just really relates to s- giant strong men, you know, because then they're, they're put in their place that God, it's God's right, mighty right hand, you know. And, and just his promise of that, I think guys really bought into that because they heard it so much before the game in the showers that it was one of those things that, man, God's showing up. Because the way we won games, yeah, you know, we shouldn't have won those games. Oh, no, I know. You know.
0: I know. It was amazing. The games. Might have
1: been more m- r- miraculous than some of the Tebow days. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. Yeah, let's not go there. Anyway, yeah. uh,
0: <laughs> but uh, it really was. When you look at those games, they should have lost several of those games. And in the last few seconds, they come through. And God, you know, it's amazing. We didn't know what was going on how they prayed in the showers, how they also came back on the field, how they were building each other up. And you know, one of the things you, you mentioned to me that uh, when Peyton went down, everybody knew they had to step up to a whole new level. And so it actually bonded that family culture became even stronger.
1: Because yeah, when you're pushed against the wall and you have adversity, you have to depend on each other. You know, I, I couldn't get through anything without Nikki, you know, and uh, she could probably get through a lot more without me, uh-huh. but <laughs> I, don't I think you need each other. Though. right? <laughs> She's saying, no, no. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: You know, uh, I got to say, God, this guy's, this ties so much into our, to our, our community. Uh, you know, as the body of Christ, I mean, we so much need each other so much. And sometimes uh, we, you know, maybe we look to the star, but I'll tell you, there's no stars in the body of Christ. We're all, we're all, we all have to do our part. We all have our part to play. We all have got to step up and we all, and when we all step up and do our part, you know what? The body of Christ is so powerful and it impacts the entire world. That's how the, the new, the early church turned the world upside down. And I believe we're moving into a time now where the body of Christ is growing in that love for each other in their faith for, you know, for, in God. And also in, the, in, that, in that way when adversity comes we're there for each other. When adversity comes, it's a great opportunity. You know, I did a funeral yesterday uh, for a 12-year-old girl who uh, had many, many problems. She had many seizures. She had, uh, she, you know, she was developmentally challenged, and, and I did this funeral yesterday, and I just saw how people came around this family and how they loved on the, the son and the parents, and I just saw the importance of that and how we need each other in times of adversity and how it, it, it helps in those times when we're going through struggles, folks. That's why we put so much emphasis on home groups and, and small groups and, and getting together, you know, whether, however you do. And so I just want to encourage in that way. Uh, you know, one of the things, too, that, um, that, 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 you know, I think we need to talk about is um, in the Broncos, you know, we just talked about how they had so many close victories. I mean, there's so many games they could have lost, maybe should have lost, <laughs> that they won. And yet the Panthers... Uh, again, for those of you who aren't football fans, they just cruised through their season. They blew out most of the teams they played. Uh, they, just, they, they were the number one offensive team uh, you know, in the NFL. I mean, they were just incredible. And so to be honest with you, very, very few people gave the Broncos a chance to win the Super Bowl. In fact, uh, they were seven-point underdogs. And not only that, uh, a lot of Bronco fans uh, were, were kind of tenuous going into the game because they remembered what happened two years prior when they played Seattle in New York. So uh, it was a, a tense time, uh, and, and nobody really thought they could. But, but my question, I guess, is in the midst of all this, uh, how did the team handle being such underdogs? And, uh, you know, what was, you know, what, what, actually how did they handle being, uh, you know, underdogs and not really given a chance?
1: Yeah, so, you know, what's funny is, up until a couple of days before the game, I didn't even know we were underdogs, you know, and, and it made sense because <laughs> sometimes it's good not to know. <laughs> yeah, it's good not to know. I try to not pay attention to anything. Um, it made sense because of the offense that they they had and and the way they beat people during the year and the way we got by people in the year. So that kind of made sense. But and I think it was also just the 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 character of our team, the 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 way they acted. You know, they didn't let it. No one knew they were underdogs, because we weren't underdogs. Everybody knew the team that we were, and they knew that maybe Carolina hadn't faced the adversity that we had. And I think that's the big thing, too, is the reason we uh, were able to win like that is because we had so much adversity. We had the foundation that maybe Carolina didn't. They hadn't been pressed, and they hadn't been, uh, you know, uh, melted down, so to speak, like we had. And so when when it came to it, we had all that we needed, and we had the faith, you know, in God and each other. And that showed out. And then once, it's kind of like our Super Bowl a few years ago. Once the first bad thing happens, you realize, oh, man, I got nothing. You know? And if you don't have God as your, as your foundation and something strikes your family, and, then you got nothing. So, and that was true for us. And I think one of the things we talked about was the, the, our attitude and the security guard at the uh, – Oh, yeah. This is good. Yeah. So there at, at the Super Bowl uh, two years ago, there was a security guard that was on our floor. And so he's one of the types that you see him, you know him. You remember him, his little New York accent, you know, and he's real friendly. And, and so we had him all week, and you talked to him every night. But the night before the game, he said, you know, hey, I was over at the uh, – I'm here all week, but I was at the Panthers Hotel last night. And they were just so cold towards me. You know, they were so cocky. Um, you know, they just weren't friendly like you guys, you know. And I just – you guys have been so great. Everybody's talked to me. They're, they're, they're humble, you know, extremely humble, you know. And he just he just – just a security guard, you know, he noticed that, you wow. know, he had nothing to do with the game, but he noticed that. And he's like, I think you guys are going to win. I mean, he, he said that. He really said that. You wow. know, I didn't tell you that before, but he, <laughs> he believed, not just, he wasn't a Broncos fan. Yeah, he's from yeah. New York. He just, he was probably a Boston fan. Yeah. But he just, <laughs> yeah. Patriots. But uh, Patriots. He just, you know, he, he, he said because of, and I think you're, you know, the hum- humility thing, he just felt like we we're going to win. Wow. You know what?
0: I think this ties over folks to the body of Christ. I mean, it, you know, uh, I really see how important it is. Our attitude means so much. And, you know, when you have a real family atmosphere, you, you want to welcome others in. When it's all about you, you kind of shove other people out. And that's why that community is so important. That's why we really believe in real, you know, real community and really making a difference because people are drawn to that. Like that security guard could see the difference between a group that were really a family and a group that wasn't. Also, I think your point about adversity is really important, because you guys faced adversity all through the season. You know, the Panthers, they, they just didn't face adversity. No. And so all of a sudden, when the defense <laughs> was kicking their tush, anyway, uh, I almost said the wrong word there, but anyway, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but when, the, when the defense was doing such a great job, you saw how they got flustered. The offense, which was the top offense in the NFL, they got totally flustered, and Cam was sulking on the edge, on the, you know, on the, the bench, and, and, I mean, they weren't pulling together. They weren't, and so I, I agree with you. I think that adversity had a lot to do with helping in that bonding, and so when they faced adversity, it <laughs> threw them, you know, yeah. where you guys have faced it all season, so right, it was right. like, you know, what else is new? <laughs> yeah, is uh, you know, um, I got to say, too, that um, the, the attitude, and, and I'll just mention this, and, and by the way, uh, I, I think Cam Newton is an awesome, awesome player, I think he's probably the most, one of the most gifted players in the NFL today. Uh, he's, he weighs 240 as a quarterback, and he has running back speed. He also has an incredible spiral that he throws. I mean, this guy is amazing, and he was the MVP. And I also heard that he's a Christian, too. And, uh, and so, you know, there's nothing against him. I'm not coming against him, but I think things went to his head a little bit. In fact, uh, he painted his shoes gold and had MVP put on his shoes when he came out. Also right before the game, when they, when, when they talked to him, he lifted up his jersey and he had a Superman shirt on the underneath. Now, you know, it's okay, that's all fun. But the problem is when things shifted and went bad, he was sulking at the end of the bench and then when the interview came, and remember two years ago, Peyton stood up and took it like a man and did that interview which was so hard for him when they'd lost 43 to eight. But when Cam, they asked him one question, he gave a quick answer and walked off the set. He wouldn't talk to him. But I really think, this is what I believe. I believe the scripture, when Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 verse, verse 11, he said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I think he learned a great lesson. And I'm praying for him. I believe he's going to have a great year next year. Except when they play the Broncos again in the Super Bowl and then they'll get beat again. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, but no, I really, I like Cam Newton and I believe he learned a very hard lesson. But I think it's a lesson we all need to learn. You know, we have to be careful we don't get arrogant. It's easy to get arrogant. And if you have a little success, it's easy to let it go to your head. And rec- instead of recognizing why, any success we have, we know comes from him. And we know, and that's what Paul, the Apostle Paul, realized. You know, he said, in my flesh dwells no good thing. But he realized that all the great things God was doing through him. And I think when we realize that, we have a humility. And that humility is that dependence on God. And so I believe that's so important. And uh, I, I just... Uh, I, I think it's awesome. These are the kind of things, folks, that we didn't know. We're watching the games. We're rooting for the Broncos, but we didn't know what was going on in the locker rooms. We didn't know what was going on and how the team was, was lifting each other up. I know one other thing, too, that was very powerful is the night before the Super Bowl game, usually, you know, you have one guy that speaks and speaks to the team, but that night they had two people. They had one from the offense and one from the defense. Talk a little bit about uh, the message that came forth that night, which was so inspirational.
1: Yeah, I wondered why he didn't ask me to talk for the special teams. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so in team meeting settings, I mean, the whole organization's there, you know, coaches have it, everything. It it can be motivational, things like that, but it usually, you know, the uh, God is not brought into it. But, you know, Peyton being a believer, DeMarcus being a believer, and they had spoken before but never this powerfully about about prayer and about their spiritual life. I mean, it was amazing, you know, because – uh, Peyton talked about through his adversities and everything that he'd gone through this year, he'd been more in prayer this year than any time in his life, wow. even more than when he had the neck issues. Wow! So he really felt the need for God this year, and, and, and he felt God did fill him and fill those needs. Uh, and he talked about that, and, and DeMarcus said the same things. They used scriptures. They talked about prayer, and you could just feel the room. It wasn't like sometimes in settings where you think, "Ooh, this is kind of you know crossing the line it wasn't that it was almost like guys believing in that just man there's something there you know and then I can I can guarantee you some of those guys that may not be believers they're getting closer now after that Super Bowl because it was just supernatural you know and, and just to hear a guy like Peyton and DeMarcus talk like that and, and show their dependence on God I mean God I mean it was awesome it just showed where our team was you know that's
0: so awesome isn't that incredible to hear the, I mean that's like, just to understand the heart isn't that amazing uh, what a heart, you know, and and I believe again this applies to the body of Christ, folks. That's why I was so excited that Britain was willing to do this. And uh, you know, attitude is everything. And I, I just just to make this again a legal service, if you have your Bibles, uh, <laughs> I want you to turn to Philippians chapter two because I want you to see this. Philippians chapter two. It's a very very powerful scripture. The Apostle Paul writes this. Uh, it's Philippians chapter two. I'm going to pick it up about verse three, and uh, he says this. This is what writes. it says, don't be selfish. Now, again, it's so easy to be selfish. I mean, that's just our natural bent. But, but there's a reason not to be selfish. He goes, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. You know, it's a natural thing. We want everybody to like us. So it, there's a tendency in us to want to try to impress others. But that's a waste of energy. And so he says, don't be selfish. Don't, don't try to impress others. Be humble. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. You know, we're on this earth, not not for us. We get blessed, but the reason we get blessed is so we can be a blessing to others. And so it's not all about us. And so when we get that, it really frees us from being locked and encapsulated in this selfish mode. And I believe you guys are awesome because I see your love. I see the way you reach out beyond yourselves. But it says, you know, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only to your own interest. Obviously, take care of yourself and your family, and that's important. So, you know, look to your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And then it goes on to say, you know, how really he, he didn't cling to his, his deity. He didn't cling to all the things he had, and he literally surrendered his life. That's how unselfish Jesus was. It says there's no greater love than this, than, than a person lay down their life for their friend. And that's what he did for all of us. And so I just want to do a simple prayer. We're going to receive communion. And uh, I believe God's going to really work on our attitudes during communion. I know we can all have a better attitude. Uh, but I want to pray before I do that. Because there may be some of you here, and you, maybe you heard Britain was going to be here. And so you just came to hear him. Maybe you're not a believer. But I'll tell you, I want to give you an opportunity today to receive Jesus Christ. You know, you don't have to clean up your act. You don't have to reach some pinnacle. The reason Jesus died is because we can't do it on our own. And he wants to come into our life when we surrender our lives to Him, He wants to come in He wants to change us from the inside. He also gives us the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to live in us and change us from the inside out. Religion tries to change it from the outside in, does a horrible job. But Jesus does a great job by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want everybody to just bow their heads, close their eyes. <clears throat> I'd like you to pray this with me, all of you, whether you're praying it for the first time, whether you're praying it, you know, all, you're already a believer, either way. Heavenly Father, say that. I thank you so much For Jesus Christ, who gave his life for me. Please forgive me of all my sin, all my mistakes. Thank you that you do. Now, Jesus, come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. I'm yours, Jesus. You're my Lord and Savior. I want to walk close to you. Operate through me to help change this world. In your name I pray. Let's give Jesus a great hand. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, give Britain a great hand too, would you?